0: Raise your hand if you know what white supremacy is. Okay, great, everyone's raising their hand. So, today we're gonna to be talking about white supremacy and specifically how black people promote white supremacy. Hello world, welcome back. It's another day, it's another dollar you're here with your girl queen and <laughs> we're getting ready to podcast. So if you're not following me on Instagram, first and foremost, make sure you go follow me. All the information is in the show notes. You know where to find me. I'm at Big Kui Kui. That's B-I-G-Q-U-I-Q-U-I. The biggest queen in the world. The only Big Quee que you should know. So um, we're going to talk about White supremacy today. Okay, so quick definition first and foremost white supremacy is the belief that the white race is superior. Now, this can be intentional or non intentional. Okay, it can be I don't even know what words I'm trying to say. Basically, it doesn't have to be loud and in your face all the time, right? It's so easy for Us to identify when white people are trying to uphold white supremacy though and by us I mean black people Or if you are not black and you're listening to this, maybe it's also easy for you. I can't speak for you Okay, so the easiest thing to think of for white supremacy. So for instance Slavery is an example of white supremacy. Okay, the belief that black people were less than Therefore they were slaves to white people Housing discrimination You are black. You don't deserve to live in a nice neighborhood. You are going to be crammed into this neighborhood that is going to make you sick and you don't have access to food and the living conditions are horrible and we don't give a shit about you. That's housing discrimination. Okay. So I want to talk about some obvious and not so obvious ways that black people Maybe people of color too, but again, Joe don't say. I don't know who's listening. Um, how we perpetuate black supremacy. Okay. So I found this article on Forbes. Of course it's linked if you want to read it. Um, so found this article on Forbes and it was titled Four Myths About White Supremacy That Allow It to Continue. So this is where I I guess started the research process. Um, so let's talk about the four myths about white supremacy one, it is always intentional. Okay. So I think white supremacy, who white supremacy did start off as an intentional thing, but now it's just so embedded into our culture that it's so it's unintentional. Okay. So the article gives examples about the hairstyles in workplace and how like work different workplaces, even schools, I'm going to add schools, they ban certain hairstyles that are black hairstyles like braids, twists, dreadlocks, and they say that they are unprofessional. So that is not directly saying black people cannot come here and wear their hair. It's unintentionally saying it in an intentional way. And it's kinda like just a policy. Like how many times have you how many times have you straightened your hair, if you're a girl, how many times have you straightened your hair before a job interview because I've definitely done that. I've done that before. Okay, so second myth is that and what I'm going to focus on today is that it is only upheld by white people. Okay? That is not true. Everybody everybody at some point in their life has upheld white supremacy. We're probably more aware of it now, you're probably not aware of it. Hopefully I can make you more aware of it. But at some point You have upheld or someone in your family has upheld white supremacy. So think about it. If you are a girl, and I think this is for all communities of color because all communities of color have some sort of colorism in them. You were told, don't be in the sun too long or you'll get dark. Okay? Why shouldn't you get dark? Because if you get darker, you're going to be uglier. right? As long as you are closer to white, you are lighter. If you're already a light-skinned person... You stay light. That's an example of black people upholding white beauty as the standard. Okay, don't get too dark. It's not cute. I remember. And sometimes I wasn't too. This is I'm not being colorist. Sometimes I'm not too cute when I get dark because my lips get a little too pink too. like I feel like they get either get burnt or something. But I'm not too cute in general. It's not even like I—I'm just darker. Like my lips turn a different color. That's the reason I don't want to be in the sun for too long. Okay. Point number three slash myth number three: It is not common. Okay. So a lot of people believe white supremacy doesn't exist anymore. Like, oh my God! Like color doesn't exist. I see you as a person. We all saw who stormed the Capitol and what happened to them. Right. Okay. So let me look down at my nose. Okay. So the myth, it, it, the myth is that white supremacy is not common. So I think a lot of people may think when we think white supremacy, we think of the most extreme version. So skinheads and like domestic terrorists, but sis, you probably work with the white supremacist. You probably live next door to a white supremacist. You go to the grocery store and see white supremacists. A white supremacist can look any kind of way and act any kind of way. Young, old man, woman, black, white, straight, gay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It It is so embedded into our culture. Like Again, at some point, you've done something to uphold it. And then myth number four is that white supremacy disappears with new leadership. So this article was written around the transition time um, of the Trump presidency to Biden. Um, Yeah, a new leader never equals a new collective mindset for a country. Now, Joe Biden was sworn into presidency. I can say there was an energy shift. It, it, It did feel like there was like a weight lifted just knowing that the person in charge of the country wasn't allowed to. I don't even want to say allowed to Joe's just the nice he's it. He's not Donald Trump. He's, he's not Donald Trump. I don't feel like I need to explain that, but just because we have another president, that does not mean that the racist fucks aren't lurking. Um, and I mean, Donald Trump really brought them out. He did. He made them feel comfortable. He made all type of ists, ists, racists, rapists, sexists, all the ists feel very comfortable, um, speaking out loud. Anyways, so those are the four myths that allow us as a collective To uphold white supremacy. Um, So now I just want to dig a little deeper into some different ways. I don't know how many different ways I wrote down. But different ways that I could think of in my lifetime where I have upheld white supremacy. And how I'm changing that. Because that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, Alrighty number one food food yes so I remember my first year I lived in Houston I was I was making food like food my mom cooks black food right and I was eating that it was good I went to the doctor She was like, sis, you pre-diabetic. I honestly don't think it was because of the food. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was eating a lot of cake, too. I love cake. Like, I was buying cake and eating it all the time. Anyways, she's like, sis, you pre-diabetic. Like, you need to eat healthier, right? She says I need to eat healthier. So, she's telling me eat. Essentially, she recommends bland foods, right? Right brown rice chicken breast chicken when you think of like the gym rats and what they eat it's always that it's bland food no seasoning okay that in a way is saying that hey your cultural foods your curry chicken your collard greens your tacos they are unhealthy you can't eat that and be healthy you need to eat bland unseasoned white food to be healthy and that's clearly false like you know it's not about the actual food it's about how it's cooked and everything but whenever you google it just google healthy food or like you know weight loss meals you're not going to see anything that looks "quote unquote cultural" in a sense okay so how to change that mindset eat eat your food whatever your culture eats whatever you grew up eating Eat that, just modify it. You don't need to use all that butter. You don't need to use all that oil. I know the ingredients can be an overload. Have you ever seen a black woman make macaroni and cheese? Overload. But it's still good. You can still eat that. Just change the ingredients. Change the way you make it. Okay? The foods themselves aren't unhealthy. It's the way we make it. But if you... Look at your cultural food now and say it's unhealthy, and you stop eating what your family or your culture makes because it's unhealthy, and you start eating white people food, that's not good. Okay. Food is number one. Number two, I talked about this job interviews. Job interviews, straighten your hair. You want to make a good impression you make sure you talk a different way too. Um, And I kind of want to say even further than job interview, let's say job interview, you get the job, maybe first couple months at the job. And it can be a little too much because I know I hate this. I hate, I hate people talking about, oh my god, you change your hair all the time, blah, blah, blah. Don't be mad at me because you didn't change. Like, it's me. I'm still the same person. Oh, I didn't know who you were with your new hair. I hate it. Um, Talked about that before. Now, job interviews, like, again, we want to present the best version of ourselves. And sometimes it feels like the best versions of ourselves isn't our natural self. So you straighten your hair. You make sure you talk appropriately right we don't want to stutter over our words we don't want to sound like we're uneducated we just want to be the best version of ourselves aka mimic a white person that's upholding white supremacy and and it got to the point like I don't know how long I'm going to say like two years ago like normalize using slang at work like normalize everyone wants to say be your entire self be yourself like be comfortable at work but don't look at me sideways if I say something that's not in your dictionary so I think I'm gonna say I think I'm gonna keep job interview slash beginning of work like that probation period of work how we can come at that be just actually be yourself just actually be yourself, like state how you actually feel like you rather get a job and work in a place where you're accepted for being you and they know what to expect versus when you came for the job interview, you were like a Polly pocket doll and you come in now and you're a Bratz doll. Alrighty, let's turn the page. Number three, this one was long and I think I want to turn this into its own episode and it's kinda it's low key personal. Working at nonprofits upholds white supremacy. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So we know that I think it's 80%. I'm looking for the number. Okay, yeah. 80% of nonprofits are led by white people. Every nonprofit I've been involved in was led by some white woman. And I've only worked for education nonprofits. But still, Come on. So nonprofits were created to help the underprivileged, right? They're, they're here to fix a systemic issue. That was, it was created by white people. Let's be serious. The problem was created by white people. And then we put white people in charge of the problem solving to create a solution that they think is the best solution for this community. Okay. So like education, poverty, hunger, all that we we say here white people well white people we don't say here white people say we're going to solve this issue we know the best thing for this community and then we take our black asses over there and work at the nonprofits and get mad get mad because we're like, no, this isn't what the community needs. Because essentially what it's doing is putting a band-aid over the issue. Like if you truly want to cure hunger, close the education gap, all the gaps, essentially, if you want to close all the gaps, it's going to take so much more than placing people in schools and helping them. Like you actually have to help their family, like at home, like those things. And I don't, I'm, yeah, like, Educational nonprofits don't address what's going on at home. It's more like, let me remove you and put you in this school. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me look back at my notes. Okay. So, yes, they get to decide what justice looks like for this disadvantaged group. There is no transfer of wealth or power to any of these disadvantaged groups. Like, seriously, there is no transfer of power. So, for instance, let me go back. So, it is Let's take Teach for America. Teach for America takes college students. Most of them are white. Puts them in um, low-income schools where we're serving mostly black and brown students to fix the issue of educational inequity without addressing the fact that they go home and they don't eat. Without addressing the fact that their mom is on drugs. Without addressing the fact that their dad is on drugs. Like, there are so many other things, right? We just want to put this band-aid over here. So, not only are they white-justified solutions, but also in the in the process, in a way, you are degrading another person's culture. So, for instance you like in the classroom as a teacher, you may unintentionally degrade a student's culture saying that it's inappropriate for them to do these things because you don't know it's a part of their culture, I guess, and I'm saying it maybe as a white person. All that to say, let me, before I get too deep, because I do think that I want to do a whole episode on nonprofits and why they're problematic. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. So why, how is it promoting white supremacy with, how is working at a nonprofit promoting white supremacy? Because you're a part of that system. You're a part of that system that says, Hey, I'm a white person. I can fix problems in your neighborhood. With what I think is appropriate. Okay, thank you. Next point, and I think now I'm getting a little. It's getting a little. Okay. So, anyways, assimilating in any way that promotes white supremacy. That that I touched on that with job interviews. Any type of assimilation, the way you talk, your interest, your hair. That's anti-black. If you assimilate. You're assimilating for a reason. Let me look up what assimilate means exactly. Let me get an exact definition. So cultural assimilation is the process of a group's language and or culture coming to resemble those of another group. I guess, you know, that wasn't just me trying to get an exact definition. Ooh, four types of assimilation. Girl, stop playing with me. Anyways, I'm not going to get too deep into that assimilation last one i want to talk about this one really irritated me oh my god so i'm watching this youtube video if you ever seen the grapevine the grapevine is this i don't know how to describe it it's a panel they talk about black issues black people stuff i really love what they do anyways watching that and this one gave me this idea what is What promotes white supremacy? Having a pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. If you feel like every black person in America has a chance at the American dream of achieving upward mobility if they just work hard, you're stupid. You're stupid. If you feel like little stephanie who lives in a low income neighborhood grows up goes to school right works start working start working at burger king makes 7 dollars an hour can work hard enough to get herself out of poverty you are stupid So there was this girl on there. She was a first generation immigrant. I forgot what country she was from. It was it was in Africa. I want to say Zimbabwe. And she she the the episode was about critical race theory, like and whether or not it should be taught in schools and you know, what we think about it, how it's being brought up now, blah, 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 the history, right? She unmutes herself on a Zoom call and she introduces herself my name is her name was melissa girl everybody drug melissa i'm gonna leave the link to that video in the show notes as well her name was melissa melissa unmutes herself hi my name is melissa i'm a first generation immigrant i wrote a book called choosing privilege or something like that and you know, while everyone was in the club twerking, I was working really hard and going to school. I got two degrees. I own have my own business. I bought a house. Blah blah blah. Like, if you work hard, like, you can achieve social um, mobility. And you, you know, I did it. Like, I came from another country. I don't think racism exists. Blah blah blah. She says this, saying just that is ignoring all of the history, all black history, all of the suppression, everything. It's literally ignoring it. And if you feel like ignoring what happened in the past is going to make you feel better about your present self and future generations, you're stupid. I don't know what other way to say it. Melissa was stupid. OK, so if you have a pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality mentality, you are upholding white supremacy. By now, I feel like everyone should know the American dream is all a lie. We should have discovered that in like, I think like middle school. I remember writing an essay on the white, the American dream being a lie in high school. So I feel like everyone should know that by now. But I also do feel like that it is a a black immigrant thing. Like it's not, it's not uncommon for black immigrants to try to distance themselves themselves from black Americans when they come here because there are stereotypes right black Americans are lazy they're ghetto they're poor we're not going to associate ourselves with them because we're better than them and that's exactly what she tried to do she literally when she said twerking in the club that has nothing to do with it you could twerk in the club and still be educated but that's literally something a middle-aged white woman with she sounded like a middle-aged white woman from nowhere Texas talking. Well, she had money, so she couldn't be from nowhere Texas. But yeah. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Um anyways, I'm going to close out this episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today to talk about how black people uphold white supremacy. If you have any other ways that I did not mention, please, 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 please let me know. There will be a post on Instagram. Y'all think y'all slick. Y'all ain't been commenting on my um pictures on Instagram that have to do with the podcast. I know you're listening. I know you're sending this episode to your friends. I can see it. But you think you slick and you not commenting. That's messed up. And I thought we were better than that. So how do black people uphold white supremacy? Let me just let me just give you a quick rundown again through food, job interviews, slash assimilating. I'm going to put those together, working for nonprofits, and then having a pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. It has been great. And I will see you guys on the next one. Bye.